0: Blog Talk
1: Radio Hey there listeners, welcome to Access Talk with Trish a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. And I'm your host for the show, Trish show disability awareness coach, author, facilitator, and motivational speaker. A woman with a disability, but definitely not a disabled woman. The accessibility... The Access Talk with Trish radio show can be heard live on Wednesdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern at accesstalkwithtrish.com or you can listen to past show recordings on demand at any time at the same address or on iTunes if that's how you roll. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit changingpaces.com and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. And on that note, I'd like to introduce you to my guest for this week. Glenda Watson Hyatt is an author, motivational speaker, and a badass agitator. For Glenda, living with cerebral palsy has not meant a boring and unfulfilled life. In fact, nothing could be further from the truth. She embraces the zest of life and goes for it with a can-do attitude, an attitude that she demonstrates in her autobiography, I'll Do It Myself, and in her more recent book, Emerging from the Cocoon of Silence, My Journey from Nonverbal to Motivational Speaker. Both are available on Amazon. That second book, boy, that sure interests me. That's fabulous. Nonverbal to Motivational speaker. Uh, we'll talk more. As a web accessibility consultant, she worked with three levels of government, transit authorities, and nonprofit organizations to improve accessibility of their website for people with disabilities. She had built a solid reputation for herself. However, even though she acknowledges there is still much more work left to do in the field, after 14 years she felt so burnt out that if she had to explain the need for text descriptions of images one more time, she would surely stab her eyes out with a sharp, long pencil. (laughs) Ziplining across a city block in downtown Vancouver and surviving the experience gave Glenda the permission to switch her career direction and to follow her dream to become a motivational speaker, which is a most unlikely career path given her significant speech impairment. Using her iPad text-to-speech app to deliver her signature talk, Finding Your True Dream, The North Star for Your Life, she motivates audiences to identify their true dream and to take action on following their personal guiding star. Glenda is also quickly becoming a strong, clear, and passionate voice for Canadians with speech and language disabilities. Woman after my own heart is an advocate, a community that is typically silenced, overlooked, and ignored, particularly when the conversation focuses on advocacy, accessibility, and legislation. In my research prepping for this interview, I noticed that Glenda has a favorite two-word response whenever she's up against a barrier. I'll let her share that with you herself. Welcome, Glenda. Thanks for joining me. All right, Glenda, let's kick off this segment with the two-word response that comes as naturally to you as a few other choice words come to me. What's the single most important thing about accessibility that you'd like to share with our listeners today?
2: When it comes to accessibility, I would love for your listeners to keep in mind two small yet empowering words. Just ask. If you are unsure whether or not I need assistance, just ask. Likewise, if you require assistance, just ask. If you are unsure whether I can hear or understand you, just ask. If you are unsure how to best communicate with me, just ask. If you are unsure what I said and need me to repeat it, just ask. Just asking can provide the clarification or information required in that moment, or it can spark a much-needed conversation.
1: Beautiful. I hear, the, uh, I hear the theme, and the theme is powerful. I love that it's just two words, just ask. I'm sad for you that the speech to voice isn't capable of conveying the sarcasm that you might be finding by the time you got to the fifth phrase. (laughs) The last time you and I connected was many years ago, Glenda. Back then, you were pretty well nonverbal, and now you're a motivational speaker. Imagine that. That just just blows my mind. And you've written a book about that amazing journey. The book is called Emerging from the Cocoon of Silence, My Journey from Nonverbal to Motivational Speaker. Please tell us about the book, Glenda. I opened the book, Emerging from the Cocoon of Silence,
2: with a question the high school guidance counselor asked of me one day when passing him in the hallway. Glenda, would you rather be able to walk or to talk? Some people might find the question insensitive, or even offensive. I considered him sincere and genuinely interested. My response was immediate. I have always found my speech disability far more disabling and isolating than my physical disability. In this book, I share my story, my journey with communicating, including the struggles, the technology, and equally important, how I perceive myself. For decades, I carried around the burden some label, functionally nonverbal, which was placed on me by an unmemorable professional back when I was young and impressionable. That label stuck until fairly recently, when I realized that I could redefine how I saw myself and how I present myself to the world.
1: Awesome.
2: I realized that I could choose the labels placed on me, if, indeed, a label is even needed. For the moment, I am content with the label, significant speech impairment, which is far more liberating and less burdensome than functionally nonverbal. This new perception of myself and experimenting with various communication technology, which I detail in the book, and which includes this text-to-speech pro 4 for text on my iPad that I am using to give this interview, has led me to the most unexpected and, yet, The most ironically delicious career choice. That of being a motivational speaker, to motivate people to identify and to take action on their dream, the personal North Star for their life's journey. Emerging from the cocoon of silence can be summed up with this brief passage My journey to find my voice, to be heard, to communicate in front of an audience has been like a butterfly beating her wings against her cocoon. With each beat, each advancement in technology, each ounce of gained self-confidence, my wings have become stronger. What was once seen as my weakness, like the seemingly delicacy of the butterfly's wing, has become my strength, my embraced uniqueness. I am a strong butterfly in front of a live audience, able to communicate stronger than many others who did not need to struggle to emerge from that particular cocoon. Emerging from the cocoon of silence is available on the Amazon Kindle. Or on the free Kindle
1: app on a mobile device near you. I have to tell you, Glenda, that passage that you read—it gives me tingles. You know, my whole body, because I just—I can't even imagine the liberation um, that the technology has given you now because i know in my heart you're a communicator when i read the stuff that you've written you you are such an author you're you just it's it's so true for you and so so um so the talent is so natural um i i i'm just thrilled for you being that being that most of us can't even grasp the number of barriers someone with communication disability encounters daily can you share with us some of the most annoying or disruptive of the barriers that you encounter from time to time as you uh, get to the through your typical day?
2: Oh, wow. The barriers I say, are countless and impact every facet of life that involves verbal communication. I bet. I would like to begin by saying that. Even though I am self-employed, a path chosen out of necessity, I also rely on social assistance. I am struggling to get by on social assistance, not because I lack education, skills, talents, motivation, or technology to accommodate my disability. I am struggling on social assistance because I could not find an employer who saw beyond the assumptions and misperceptions of my disability, especially my speech disability. Not being able to find meaningful employment because of my speech disability has been the most annoying barrier I have encountered. This is why my current career path of being a motivational speaker is so ironically delicious. The irony will be even sweeter if this career choice is the one that gets me off of social assistance.
1: Ironically, the annoying
2: barriers that I encounter during the day include needing to have my husband called to make care or medical appointments for me. He accompanies me to doctor appointments and to meetings at the bank. Say, for example, when I make a contribution to my registered disability savings plan, he assists with communication because there are times when using my iPad to communicate is not fast enough. As for having a personal and private conversation with my doctor, forget that. I bet. Activating a new credit card can only be done via the phone because of financial security regulations. Once again, I must ask my husband for help. Although he says he doesn't mind, it is a lot to ask of a spouse. Participating at committee meetings is difficult because, unless I have my thoughts prepared in my text-to-speech up. It can be hard to interject and contribute in a timely manner. I bet. I typically email my thoughts and ideas to the committee members after the meeting, which requires additional time and effort on my part.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Even if I spend the day within the sanctuary of my own home, unsolicited calls from telemarketers and market researchers can result in sheer frustration. Upon hearing my voice, several have asked if my mom was home many hang up which saves me from hanging up on them. A choice you have even called me a fucking retard before hanging up. What a nasty way to have my peaceful calm disrupted.
1: Oh, unbelievable. Can't believe people can be that rude. <laughs> oh my goodness. The, the level of, of barriers just is staggering to me. What What uh, for you, what approaching things that are so normal and everyday and thoughtless acts for the rest of us. We're going to go into a commercial break now. And when we come back, we're going to go about an awesome story that you have to share. Be right back.
0: Devon has been with this company for over five years, since before his legs started giving him trouble. He loves his job, he's great at it, and he plans to stay with the company till retirement if possible. Problem is, it's getting difficult for him to walk from his desk to the washroom. His supervisor, Aisha, lets Devon know that she's noticed he's having some trouble. She suggests they move his desk closer to the entrance and the washroom. Devon is relieved and agrees. This is an example of a basic accommodation that helps make a workplace inclusive. Did you know that 50% of accommodations don't cost a dime and 80% cost $500 or less? The inclusion of people with disabilities in the workforce is the best answer to our current labor shortages. And making businesses accessible to customers with disabilities sees you tapping into their $32 billion spending power. Sound good? Then let a changing paces, warm and friendly expert take you by the hand and walk you through the steps to making your business accessible to everyone. Visit us at changingpaces.com today.
1: And we're back. Because I've been following your blog for years, Glenda, I know that you know how to tell an awesome story. And you're too funny to boot. Uh, I understand you have one about an encounter with an optometrist. How about sharing that one with our listeners?
2: One recent exam at the optometrist did not go as well as it could have. Not because my eyes did poorly, but because of the body they inhabit. The jerky, constantly moving, speech impaired body that the optometrist was not enlightened to deal with. The optometrist spoke loudly, simply and repetitively as if being speech impaired also meant I was impaired cognitively. She admonished me for not keeping my head in the correct position and for not opening my eyes for the drops. It took all I had within me to, A, not yell something back at her, and, or, B, not burst into tears. I I left the office feeling devalued, appreciated, and downright pissed off. I bet. Following the appointment, I wrote, and hand-delivered a letter to the optometrist, hoping that it would make the next exam go smoother for both of us. In the letter, I explained that I had acetoid cerebral palsy. For me, this means I lack muscle control and coordination. My physical movements are jerky and involuntary. One body part or another is in constant motion. My speech is also significantly impaired, yet can be understood by individuals who take the time to listen. However, my Mm. hearing, understanding, and cognition are not affected. There's no need to speak loudly, to repeat yourself, or to use simple vocabulary for me to comprehend. Next time I will grab my iPad from my scooter basket before my scooter is moved out of the way so that I have a more effective means of communication at hand. I further explained in the letter that my head control is tenuous at times. When conducting the eye pressure test, another such test, during which my head must remain still in a certain position, it may be helpful to have someone hold my head steady. My eyes closing when something is approaching is a strong, uncontrollable reflex. He stating that I need to open my eyes for the eye drops is not productive. (laughs) Perhaps another method can be found to achieve the same result. I suggested that the letter be kept in my file. Handy for my next appointment. I also suggested that, in the meantime, she consult with colleagues and other optometrists for further suggestions on how to best serve patients with cerebral palsy and other neurological disorders. I closed the letter with Working together will ensure successful care for my vision, and I respectfully signed it while muttering unrepeatable words under my breath. <laughs> For my next appointment, I took a copy of the letter with me as a refresher. For this appointment, I was scheduled with a different optometrist in the same office. After all, having the same optometrist for two appointments would have been too easy.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I handed the letter to the, new to me, optometrist. He read the letter, thanked me for the information, and proceeded with examining my eyes. He was extremely patient when my head twitched like a bobblehead that had just downed a few cups of espresso. <laughs> However, the bit in the letter where I stated, hearing, understanding, and cognition are not affected, perhaps was not written clearly enough. He made a great effort to gesture while he was talking. He went as far as flight to 012 on a small post-it note. When he asked if my last glasses were in 2012
0: Mm -hmm.
2: on the bright side, this optometrist would make a fantastic partner while playing charades. (laughs) Following the appointment and after placing the subsequent order for new reading glasses to cap off the experience, I received a customer satisfaction survey via email from Pearl vision. Oh boy. I was brutally honest in my responses and explained how the optometrist did not know how to communicate with someone with a speech disability. The store manager called to discuss the matter with me. <laughs> Let me repeat that. After openly sharing about my speech disability in the survey, which I had received via email, the guy called me on the phone, to further discuss on the phone, My survey responses.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: When my husband, Daryl, answered the phone and explained that communicating with me via email would be better, the manager said that Pearl Vision did not have external email. (laughs) Keep in mind that Pearl Vision had sent me an email about the survey. In situations such as this one, I am left wondering which one of us is the disabled one. (laughs)
1: I bet. I bet you have that thought a lot of times. Because people just don't think. You know, and we don't. Um, When I tried to get a hold of you earlier today, of course, the first thing I did was look up your phone number. And then I went, well, wait a minute. Maybe I should email instead. Uh, Yeah. Well, I, I stopped to think about it. But had it not come to me, then I would have. And in the end, I, I what I did was I emailed you and I texted you, right? Not knowing that your phone was a landline and that, so did it convert to audio for you? No, no. So you couldn't even figure out what I was sending. Again, with communication barriers, eh? Yeah. So we're going to wrap up, Glenda. Can you summarize your experience with a top three list of barriers that get under your skin that people should watch out for? The top
2: three barriers that set me off on a rant are, Mm -hmm. number one, medical professionals who do not know how to communicate with people with disabilities, particularly with those of us who have speech and language disabilities. If these highly trained professionals do not understand that A speech impairment does not necessarily mean a hearing or cognitive impairment. Then this makes me question how well they grasp the more complex intricacies of the human body. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Number two, assumptions. Do not assume that I do not hear or do not understand simply because my speech is unclear or because I may communicate in another manner. Making that assumption really does say more about you than it says about me. (laughs) And, honestly, it does not portray you in your best light. (laughs) Lastly, number three, the phone is not everyone's best friend. Picking up the phone and talking to a complete stranger is absolutely futile and typically ends in frustration for both of us.
1: I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Frustration has got to be there has got to be a whole ball of wax of emotions in that frustration ball. You know, there's got to be anger. There's got to be sadness. There's got to be—you're hurting for the other person too because you know that they're frustrated as you are, right? And so it all—oh goodness gracious! Communication has got to be such a source of stress. Wow. So what do you think as a society we can keep in mind on a daily basis to minimize communication barriers for everyone?
2: The main thing we as a society can do to minimize barriers of communication is to include people with speech and language disabilities. Mm-hmm. Disability types are discussed. Mobility, sensory, cognitive impairments, and mental health issues are typically the ones mentioned. People with communication disabilities are typically silenced, overlooked, and ignored, particularly when the conversation focuses on advocacy, accessibility, and legislation. Keep in mind that once you are inside a building, it is all about communication. Communication requires two people. However, When one of the two is unsure or uncomfortable with how to communicate with the other, that can be as frustrating and impeding as when an individual using a wheelchair encounters a flight of stairs.
1: Good point.
2: These three simple tips may be helpful. First, ask, is there anything I should do when communicating with you? The individual may tell you or give you written instructions. Second, be patient. It may take longer to get a message across. And finally, if necessary, move to a quiet, well-lit space, so that focusing on communicating is easier.
1: Fabulous. Excellent. Thank you for the tips. They're great tips. I, um, You know, just ask. Says it all. <clears throat> <clears throat> With a few choice words after that, eh? Just ask them. eh? Um, So if any of our listeners, we're going to wrap here, closing. So if any of our listeners want to know more about you, Glenda, or want to connect with you about your books or your speaking services, how do they do that? Sure. They
2: are most welcome to check out my blog at doitmyselfblog.com and my speaker site at glendawatsonhype.com. My email is glenda at glendawatsonhyatt.com. Both of my books are
1: available on Amazon. Fabulous. And I'm just going to repeat the email address. is glenda, G-L-E-N-D-A at glenda Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N, Hyatt, G-L-E-N-D-A, at glenda W-A-T-S-O-N, Hyatt, dot tcom Glenda at glendawatsonhyatt.com. Thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure having you here today, Glenda. Thank you so much for joining me.
2: Thank you, Trish,
1: for having me on the
2: show today. And remember, just ask.
1: Good girl. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners so much for joining us for today's episode of Access Talk with Trish. This is a 30-minute weekly online radio segment dedicated to examining the good, the bad, and the reality of accessibility in our communities. Please join us again next week on Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. This show is brought to you by Changing Paces, an accessibility consulting firm that simplifies disability legislation for organizations that think they don't have the time or money for compliance. Visit Changing Paces and nurture a culture of inclusion where everyone matters. Till next time, take self-care seriously and God bless.